Part three, chapter sixteen of War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy, translated by Nathan Haskell Dole. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Chapter sixteen. Suddenly there was a general stir. A whisper ran through the throng, which pressed forward and then divided again, making two rows, between which came the sovereign, to the strains of the band which just then struck up. He was followed by the host and hostess. The sovereign passed along quickly, bowing to the right and left, as though anxious to have done as soon as possible with these first formalities. The musicians played a polonaise, then famous, on account of the words which had been set to it. These words began, Alexander, Yelizaveta, you enrapture us. The sovereign entered the drawing-room. The throng pushed toward the doors. Several personages, with anxious faces, in great haste, rushed hither and thither. The throng again closed around the drawing-room door, where the sovereign made his appearance, engaged in conversation with the hostess. A young man, with an expression of annoyance on his face, came along and begged the ladies to step back. Several ladies, with eager faces showing absolute disregard of all the conventional rules of good breeding, pushed forward, to the imminent risk of their toilets. The gentlemen began to select partners and get into position for the polonaise. Space was cleared, and the sovereign, with a smile, stepping out of time, passed into the ballroom, leading the lady of the house by the hand. They were followed by the host, with Maria Antonovna Narishkina, then the ambassadors and ministers and various generals, whom Peronskaya indefatigably called by name. More than half of the ladies had partners, and were already dancing or beginning to dance the polonaise. Natasha felt that she and Sonya, as well as her mother, were left in the lurch, with that minority of ladies who lined the walls and were not invited to take part in the polonaise. She stood with her slender arms hanging by her sides, with her maidenly bosom, as yet scarcely defined, regularly rising and falling with long inspirations, and she looked straight ahead with brilliant eyes full of alarm, indicating that she was ready for utter enjoyment or desperate disappointment. She was not interested now in the sovereign or in any of those distinguished personages whom Peronskaya was calling to their attention, she had only one thought. Isn't anyone coming to invite me? Can it be that I am not going to have a single dance? Won't any of those men notice me? Of those men who now do not seem to see me, or if they see me, look at me as much as if to say, Oh, she's nothing. She's nothing to look at. No, it cannot be, she said to herself. They must know how much I am longing to dance, and how splendidly I dance, and how much they would enjoy it if they danced with me. The strains of the polonaise, which had now lasted some little time, began to have a melancholy cadence in Natasha's ears, as though connected with sad memories. She felt like having a good cry. Peronskaya had left them. The Count was at the other end of the ballroom. She and Sonya and the Countess were as much alone in this throng of strangers as though they were in the woods. No one took any interest in them or looked out for them. Prince Andrei passed them with a lady on his arm, and evidently did not recollect them. The handsome Anatole, smiling, said something to the lady with whom he was promenading, and looked into Natasha's face as one looks at a wall. Twice Boris passed them, and each time turned his head away. Berg and his wife, who were not dancing, joined them. Natasha felt mortified to death at this family gathering, there, at the ball, as though they had no other place for family confidences than in a ballroom. She did not look at Vera, or listen to what she had to say about her emerald-green dress. At last the sovereign sat down, near his last partner. He had danced with three, and the music ceased. 
the officious adjutant bustled up to the rostovs begging them to move back a little more and this although they almost touched the wall and then from the gallery was heard the clear-cut rhythm of the smooth and enticing valse the sovereign with a smile glanced down the ballroom a moment passed and no one had as yet begun the adjutant who acted as master of ceremonies approached the countess buzikaya and asked her to dance she accepted with a smile and then without looking at him laid her hand on his shoulder the adjutant who knew what he was about calmly deliberately and with all the self-confidence in the world placing his arm firmly around her waist at first started off with her in the glissade around the edge of the circle then when they reached the end of the ballroom he took her right hand with his left turned her around and while the sounds of the valse grew more and more rapid the clicking of the adjutant's spurs could be heard as his agile and skilful feet beat the time of the rhythm while on the third beat at every turn his partner's velvet dress floated out and seemed to fly natasha gazed at them and was ready to weep that it was not she herself who was leading this first valse prince andrei in the white uniform of a colonel of cavalry in silk stockings and shoe buckles stood full of life and radiant with happiness in the front row of the circle not far from the rostovs baron firhoff was talking to him about the first meeting of the imperial council which had been appointed for the next day prince andrei as an intimate friend of speransky and one who had shared in the labors of the legislative committee would be very likely to be able to give authentic information in regard to the approaching session concerning which there were many conflicting rumors but prince andrei was not giving heed to what firhoff was saying and looked now at the sovereign and now at the various gentlemen who were all ready to dance but had not the necessary courage to take the floor prince andrei was observing these gentlemen who showed such timidity in the presence of their sovereign and the ladies whose hearts were sinking within them with desire of being invited pierre came up to prince andrei and took him by the arm you are always ready for a dance my protege the little rostova is here do invite her said he where asked bolkonsky i beg your pardon he added turning to the baron we will finish this conversation at another time but at balls it is our duty to dance he went in the direction indicated by pierre natasha's despairing melancholy face attracted prince andrei's attention he recognized her and divined her feeling and realizing that she was just coming out and remembering her conversation he went with a beaming countenance up to the countess rostova allow me to make you acquainted with my daughter said the countess with a blush i have had the pleasure of meeting her before but perhaps the countess does not remember me said prince andrei with a low and respectful bow entirely belying peronskaya's spiteful observation about his rudeness approaching natasha he started to put his arm around her waist even before he had actually invited her to dance with him then he proposed that they should take a turn of the valse natasha's face with its melancholy expression ready to sink to despair or become radiant was suddenly lighted up with a happy childlike smile of gratitude i have been waiting long for you this timid and radiant young maiden seemed to say by this smile flashing out from under the tears that had been almost ready to start as she put her hand on prince andrei's shoulder they were the second couple that ventured out upon the floor prince andrei was one of the best dancers of his time natasha danced exquisitely her dainty little feet shod in her satin slippers performed their duty with perfect ease and agility as though they had wings and her face was beaming with triumphant delight her neck was angular and her arms were thin and far from pretty compared with ellen's charms her shoulders were slim her figure undeveloped her arms slender 
but ellen seemed to be already covered with an enamel left by the thousand glances that had glided over her form while natasha seemed like a maiden who for the first time appeared in a dress decollete and who would feel very much ashamed if she were not assured that it was the proper thing prince andrei liked to dance and as he was anxious to escape from the political and philosophical talk into which people insisted in dragging him and anxious to break up as soon as possible that tiresome circle of people abashed by the presence of the sovereign he was ready to dance and he chose natasha because pierre had suggested her and because she happened to be the first among all the pretty women upon whom his eyes fell but as soon as he held this slender supple form in his arms and she started away so close to him and smiled up into his face the effect of her charm mounted into his head like wine when they stopped to get breath and he released her and they began to look at the dancers he felt as though he had been inspired with new energy and fresh life End of chapter sixteen